Yes, people, it is part two of this week's Echo Chamber. And um, yeah, this is fun one. So um, we look at the new film, The Bank Job. Right, so this is um, from a creative duo. That is right, people, a creative duo um, who, uh, yeah, put this together, right? Which is an interesting tale about um, creating money, getting rid of debt. It is from Dan Edelstein and Hilary Powell. And after that, we actually get a chance to sit down with Dan and talk about the film. So, um, people, enjoy. Okay, people, I've just watched something that is very unique, right? I I think not just in the way it's filmed, but in the concept as well, right? I, I can't honestly think of anything that I've seen that is um, on this sort of scale. Now, maybe there was something and it's just completely skipped my mind. And that's no shade on the thing. My memory has become complete trash in the last few years. But I honestly don't think there is. So what I just watched is a film called The Bank Job. Okay, so, um, I mean, look. It's not just a film, right? It was a a movement, right? It was a movement. It became a book. And, um, yeah, now the actual film. Well, the documentary of, right? Because that's what it is. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a visual montage of how this came together. Right, because I think film, um, it, it doesn't really fit, right, because it's not, it is a, a visual telling of this thing, right, of this thing that happened, now it has been put together by the creative team of Dan Edelstein and Hilary Powell. So Dan is a filmmaker and Hilary is an artist. You know, they've um had one feature out, uh How to Reestablish a Vodka Empire, and that was a big success, right? When that one dropped. Um uh, 
and yeah this this new one isn't this this one just takes things to another level still so yes you have um Dan and Hillary also Christopher Hurd is the producer Alice Powell is the editor Liz- Lisa Marie Russo is the executive producer and there are a lot of there are a few other people involved like the the team that helped print the money and all of that but uh yes um i i can't read the names properly <laughs> the the font used on the website is a little hard it's a little hard to see people unfortunately but yes there is a huge team that um helped this come to be now you might wonder what is it okay i will tell you so a filmmaker and artist couple team up with their local community to take on the world of finance by setting up a bank, printing their own money and blowing up a million pounds worth of high interest debt. Ludicrous, you may ask, but it happened. A roller coaster ride towards a future in which money works for us all. Yep. That, that, that's true people That's true So it says Dan Edelstein and Hilary Powell's Latest feature Is an insightful and humorous Investigation Into the dark world of debt Exploring how a community In Walthamstow, London Comes together to create their own Currency Examine how money and debt Is created in our economy And to ask important questions about how the system of money creation might be altered in their favour. Now, I will say, listen, don't come into this thinking it's a a comedy. Like, when they say humorous, I wouldn't necessarily say it's humorous. Right? I didn't... I didn't find it funny, but that's not to say there's not moments that... You know, make you smile, but that's I. I don't really feel that's the that's the strength of this. That's the USP of this, right? The 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 the, the thing that really is the 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 selling point is the concept of it all. You know, so it because it, it came out of the two thousand and eight. Um, financial crash Which I do kind of feel Was Yeah I mean Listen we, we had two recessions Which was only one, really one recession Because the first recession never really ended You know what I mean Like they, they tried to act like it, it didn't It didn't end But it, creole, it caused a lot of Issues for people You know and that experience, yeah, it, it it kind of gave them this kind of fuel to, you know, create this, create this piece. It is called A Mischievous Adventure in the Copy. And, I mean, like, is that hyperboil? Right? Now, listen. 
I, it, it, it might not necessarily be the thing. I would say it is intriguing. It's an intriguing insight into something that I think it's fair to say a lot of us have no knowledge on. Right? I I wouldn't know, know that you could do this to print money. That's insane. Right? You think isn't that illegal? Like how can you buy up debt? How do you buy up debt? What the hell are these people talking about? But hey, they do break it down. Right? They do break it down in a sense that you understand. And when you hear it, I of course that makes sense. Yes. And you know, because some of these things, some of these ideas and concepts, and not from what Dan and Hillary do, but what the banking system does, we've heard it kind of referenced in films and stuff like that, but never fully, you know, explained. So you, you there's certain words that you will hear, and you'll be like, oh, that's what that is, and oh, I, yes, 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 yes. I've heard that phrase, right? I've I've heard that notion, and yeah, what they do is lay it out for us, you know. And it is shocking, shocking. When you know you're you're told like eighty five of politicians don't understand how money is created, right? Which is an issue, because you think if the people who are creating policy don't understand these these things, how the hell are they creating policy, right? I mean, that isn't a, a, a hard concept to understand, right? How can they do this thing if they don't understand it? You know, that would be like us, cre- you know, try to create policy on um, finance, you know? Yeah. It's it's a crazy thing. So they, as I said, look, they they created this visual monologue, right? And I did think it was interesting the way they framed it, right? So we open up with this, um, let's say, sketch, right, which kind of introduces the idea that got this started. Right, so, you know, they become in debt after making a film. Right, so that is the the kind of gist that we got. And they also use this interesting framing device of an interrogation. So individually, because, you know, you're not not interrogating a couple together. I mean, that's ludicrous, right? (laughs) But yes, no... They, they use this device of, we, we see individually Dan and Hillary in a room, and they're getting asked these questions. And the questions are, let's say, you know, prompts which lead us into, you know, a new part of this situation, right? So we don't um, jump back and forth to this, you know, constantly, but... In moments where, okay, so we need to get from this bit to this bit, we kind of jump back in and 
it's like, so how did you do, or why did you think this would, and yeah, then we go and hit that bit. So it's an interesting way to, you know, keep the story moving, right, without having to necessarily be like, okay, so what happened was, you know, and that's always fun, introducing and utilising different storytelling techniques is a good way to keep people energised, keep them, you know, engaged, right, so yes, they, they do this, and it's it's from, the, again, this system that, yeah, we, we, we then understand, and, you know, they decide to do it in their, their local community, which is always nice, right, that's always a nice thing, but we also see Dan go out to the US, goes out to the US, and he speaks to the, you know, some people that were behind, um, um, Occupy Wall Street, right, and then another movement, which I didn't hear about, called Strike Debt, you know, the Strike Debt movement, and, yeah, that was, that was an interesting thing, and it seemed to, yeah, open up, and engage, and light this fire of, all. We can do that. We can do that in our local area. And that's what they did. They went and they did this thing. You know, so, um, yeah, we see them kind of galvanise the community. You know, take um, community projects and use them as a way to get this popping off, and it makes so much sense, because I think if you try to do it cold, would they have had the same experience, right, would would the bank job have happened, but by invoking these local um, movements, initiatives, projects, they act as the marketing tool for you, you know, so that's that was all very interesting. Now, there are things in this like we don't see like how these projects are are chosen. There are questions that are left unanswered here. It is a it is a haphazard kind of feel to it, right? Some of the things just seem to oh, did that just, they just fell into place with that, right, oh, that wasn't planned out, did that just happen, right, that, that, that's what it does feel like in places, like, there is a, a moment when they're talking about the banknotes, and then, you know, and, and, so the idea has already been put in place, right, they're already in it, but then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, and, oh, yeah, we should have some diversity here, right? And, and it's just like, wait, you're only thinking of that now? Right, because Hillary mentions it, and Dan's like, oh, yeah, 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 no, that's a good idea. And you're like, wait, 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 you didn't think of that, right? And you're like, huh? You're, and you don't know, 
Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's not to say that they were trying to do a, 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 a shady thing or anything like that, but because we don't really see the, the, the you know, the planning of, or there are steps that are missed in what we are seeing, as I said, it comes across as haphazard. Right, they, they reference a Guardian story, but we don't really know how that came about, what really it was about, you know? And you are thinking, wait, so what was this Guardian story? Like, what happened there? Hmm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. So, yeah, there, there are these things and stuff and you know you're just like ah oh, tell me tell me more right also it's be like um the idea of the money right because they're like ah oh, we don't want it to look like money money but it does kind of look like money but then there's other elements of the money that you're like oh why did you do that and you know why have, you know, the same person on this many, you you know what I mean, so, there, so there's these things that are intriguing, but we don't find out, which is a shame, it is a shame, I'd like to know, I'd really like to know, maybe it's in the book, people, maybe you have to read the book to find out, I don't know, but um, it, it's not necessarily in the documentary, but there is not to say there isn't enough stuff in the documentary to keep you intrigued, right? Because, you know, shot-wise, like, we're not necessarily having the best, um, you know, cinematography, as it were, right? Some of the shots um, and angles do seem, again, haphazard, Like, there are scenes in here that you're like, hmm, do we need this scene? Is this scene helping the film? Right? But I I think what it does is create this environment, create this feel and vibe of this couple doing this thing to help their community. Right, and there is, there is something in that, right? So I think when that is your core message, you can forgive a lot, right? You you can forgive a, a, a shaky camera, right? You can forgive a a mumbled line, right? So bad delivery, that that doesn't matter because the core message and the core goal, as well as being informed on this thing that we just didn't know about, right, I, I, I think that's the big thing that does drive the bank job, and it does have a big, um, a big bang, or should we say the big bang two at the end. Right, so um, people, the bank job is available on um, Monday the 28th of May. Yep, that's right, people. 
Monday the 28th of May, you can check out the bank job. And because cinemas are now open, ha <laughs> ha, yes, you get a um you know cinema and digital release. So um, you know, it's showing at the Wolfenstow Empire, right? Um, on the 28th. Now, listen. Because, you know, of social distancing and everything like that, you probably want to rush over and book those tickets. Now, they might already be gone. I don't know. But I would definitely recommend you do that. Uh, but, you know, it's showing at other places, like um, the the Genesis Cinema in Marland. That's on the 8th of June. Okay. And there's going to be a Q&A there. It will be at the ICA. I'm a member of the ICA, so I could go and watch it again. So it's screening there um, on the 29th of July. Um, the Art House Crouch End going from the 28th. Um, Bertha Dock House. It will be there on Saturday the 29th at 3. So you can go book that. Stir to Action Festival in Devon on the 13th of July, right? Um, Kinnock Culture, Oostry, um, the 13th, 16th, and 17th of June. Uh, Dipot Luz, right, from the 28th. Mac Birmingham on the 26th and 29th of May. Cinema and Co in Swansea on the 10th of June. So many different screenings, people. Look, and there's more. And there is more. It's going to be a curse on home. Just a, a whole heap of things. So, people, if you want to see it, I recommend you do. Um, go check it out on their website. Right? The links are in the um, description as always. So, yeah, go check it out. Um, you know, as I said, look, there's a book as well. As uh, so, yeah, you you can get an insight of what the hell all of this is. You know, hey, you might even be able to get some tips on like how you can um buy up your own bad debt, right? And and, and maybe create a big bang free. Who knows? But yes, it's all there. So um, the bank job. It's on the 28th of May, people. So, if you're intrigued and you want to know how to blow the bloody doors off, then maybe you want to mosey on down to your local cinema and uh, check it out. Okay, people. So, now that is out the way, let's get to um, our little conversation with... Dan, now it gets a little. I don't know. Uh, there's a miscue in there, right? Dan, I think Dan thought I was saying something that I wasn't, but we sorted it out, and it's all gravy. Like there was never any animosity. You know what I mean? Hey, when you create, you get. You know what I mean? You want to protect your thing, so I understand. But um, it's a very interesting conversation. So people, here you go. My sit down with Dan Edelstein. 
Okay, so I'm here with Dan Eldry. El Edelstein. Edelstein, yes. That's it. Apologies, Dan. No, he is um, the director behind the bank job. So this is an interesting piece, Dan, right? Um, yeah, you, you know, the, the, the copy is, you know, calls it a mischievous adventure and um, does seem like way, you know what I mean? Because you printed your own money, which is definitely an interesting concept. Now, I like the way you kind of framed the film with the interrogation room and all of that. But I want to ask, did this all kind of come from being in debt from your first film? Up to a point, um, I guess I was sen sensitive to to the problems of personal debt after that first film, and you know, and it didn't, you know, like like there was that scene at the beginning, which is a sort of fictional parody of a real scene with a real bank manager that I actually went through, yeah, uh, you know, where uh, he was trying to help and everything, you know, but, you know what it's like, a, I want to help you, you know, that type of vibe. Um, but uh, but 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 um, but I can't extend you any more credit, you know. But your wife, however, she's a different kettle of fish, you know. And so, like, so he would have given more money, but not to me. <laughs> so that so that was too good. You know, obviously, I couldn't film in the actual bank itself, but it was too good to to lose that, you know. So um, I made a note of it, and then and then, like, I had this amazing actor friend, uh, Gwilym who I persuaded to come and be that kind of bank manager, who I turned into a much more kind of Dracula, you know, quite creepy sort of version. Because the real guy is actually a really nice, actually, you know, he, he's a really nice person. But um, but anyway, um, so yeah, so, so I guess I was, you know, it wasn't like I was in a terrible, terrible debt and I was able to get out, you know, which was lucky. Um, but uh, I was certainly, I guess, it wasn't easy for us. And, and a lot of the film came out of a time when, you know, between two films, I'd had a, a personal crisis, not knowing what I really wanted to do next, not knowing what I really stood for and having to investigate those things afresh. Uh, it was a, a film producer friend asked me between those two projects, between Vodka Empire and before Bank Job even or anything of Bank Job started. She said, what do you want to do next? And I remember thinking to myself, um, I have no idea, you know, all I knew was I wanted money, you know, as much money as I could get hold of just to stabilize things because, you know, the first film had taken five years to make, you know, yeah. the, the vodka empire. And, and I sort of thought, you know, I had this kind of idea that somehow if one makes a feature film, and it gets four stars in Empire and the Times and the Irish Times as it did, and it went across America and cinemas and everything. I somehow thought in my naive way that that would mean I would have lots of money. <laughs> so that was my business plan. Like make a film, put everything into it and it will work, you know? And so, so I was like gutted because it was like, oh my God, this is just not really working in any way what I, what I suspected it would. Can I, can I just stop you there for a yeah. second, right? Because you said that, right? 
and then you became the person in charge of all of these people's money. It's a little ironic, right? <laughs> you mean, yeah, that's a bit later though. And, um, you know, by which point, you know, we were meticulous about like keeping all of that money from all the banknotes that we sold in an account, you know, and it just accumulated and accumulated mm. money. And we couldn't, you know, the way the structure of, of that whole fundraising and, and the art project went, you know, we were selling banknotes that we created ourselves. And, you know, 50% of the proceeds went directly into a debt buying fund and 50% of the proceeds went to local causes. We made literally nothing out of any of those banknotes. And, and, you know, and that was the structure of that whole process. And we were absolutely meticulous about making sure that that was as it was. Um, and yeah, I can see what you're saying that there's somehow uh, a suspicion, you know, that that given that I was in a financial predicament at the beginning, that I would just take everyone's money. And no, 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 no. I wasn't saying you're going to take their money. I'm just saying that your your idea of making money was so flawed in the fact that you thought the film would then make you, uh, you know, have a load of cash. Oh, no, I wasn't talking about bank job. I was talking about what I thought. No, 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 I know. No, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, you, when you did Vodka Empire, you, you were saying, like, you know, having it be so well-reviewed would then translate to you having money, right? That, as an idea, is very flawed. But yes. then you come into bank job, and you're going to be in charge of all that money, but you make it work. Right, that's what I'm saying. The irony in those situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that you're trying to steal people's money. No, no, and and you're quite right that um, you know, the I guess I had become interested, you know, in you know, like your first question. I guess I I had become fascinated by the financial system, both in the kind of out there financial system, and then also in my own kind of internal financial system. You know, things were misfiring on every every level that there was mm. um and i suppose life was challenging me to 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 find out why it was misfiring so much both internally my own one and the the wider context you know life was saying to me it's time son get out there and find out what what's going on you know and then and then from there acquire knowledge and uh, and make it work better <laughs> you know so so through the bank job you know i mean it was we were lucky that we sold all those banknotes that we were creating and we were able to then, you know, um, buy up the debt and uh, put money into all those causes. But then as soon as we could, we were like, right, we, we've got to stop printing money in a bank because it, it is making us lose more money, you know, yes. because we couldn't, we couldn't use any of it for ourselves or for, for any of the people that were working with us. We were patching together the grants and, you know, tiny, tiny bits of money from Arts Council and, you know, little foundations and stuff. And so what we wanted to then do was to create an architecture, a financial architecture inside of the project, which would give us the money to keep pushing forward without necessarily having to wait for broadcasters or all the rest of it, who are always so risk averse and also who are so conservative in the types of films that they will fund and the types of kind of projects that they want to see through. So then we created the bond certificates and the, the bond certificates were in order to empower us to uh, blow up 
the van full of money to keep going to pay all the different people who we were now using uh, from the community and and that came in with the arts council as well we got more money from them and then and then weirdly we kind of gathered this kind of momentum and this community of uh, support around the project people who wanted to see the same result we wanted to see which was let's stick it to the man let's blow up a million pounds of debt and let's um, you know let's let's have a kind of artist-led revolt you know uh, and so there's so many people sharing in that and we created a financial architecture to empower ourselves to do that so I was beginning to resolve this internal problem of like how do I actually exist as an artist in a, in a world which is so conservative and so sort of you know imbalanced towards artists you know so so these these questions began to kind of um resolve themselves you know um and uh you know and then and then now at the end of bank job we're now in a totally different kind of uh situation because you know we've learned the basis of direct to audience direct uh direct to community direct to fan if you like marketing you know we've got thousands of people on our email list and we have a monthly membership you know which people who pay monthly and we do things with the members that we don't do with anyone outside of that like book clubs and you know uh, give classes and all the rest of it mm -hmm. and so so we've learned to armor ourselves you know and so we so we don't care about well i mean we do care about it but at the end of the day the marketplace for independent films is a very precarious place but you know we're not relying on the fact that if we get a nice review from someone that that will somehow catapult us to financial success that 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 moment has passed you know we're now we're much more proactive uh, than that now and uh, so we've learned through that sorry because i'm just going on and on but i hope that's of interest no 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 that's that's definitely the thing right because i think you know just there's a load of people that make great interesting projects but no one sees them you know so it's the case of creating a system where you can get that project in front of the people's eyes right because then that's when you see these grand groundswells develop and the momentum picks up because people saw something and then they tell their friends and someone reviews it and then it just picks up like that but if no one gets to see it nothing can happen and as you've seen people then started to see what you were doing and then it picked up because there's a yeah. point at the film where it's just like i think what you had three grand sold three grand's worth sold of notes right and it was just like how are these motherfuckers gonna get all this money? Because that's not a lot of money, really. It's nowhere near their total. But you you made it work, which is great. Yeah, that's very impressive. Yeah, you're right. And actually, that's largely to do with uh, an article that came out in the Guardian at that time. But what you're talking about and describing is literally the thing that that made me a tiny bit late today. I've literally just been doing a masterclass for for the members in Power Project, which is our new project about how to bypass gatekeepers and to build sustainable movements, you know, mm -hmm. uh, artist-led or social entrepreneur-led movements, you know, which, which are animated by a kind of clear mission, you know, and which have a manifesto around them, you know, the things that you really want and the things that you really don't want that you articulate and that you then build, um, you know, a whole system 
which leads to a kind of perpetual kind of growth cycle of that of that movement, whether you're in the newspapers or not, you know, uh, how, so, so that's something that, that through this, through the challenges of this project, we learned to take out of the hands of Guardian journalists, etc. Because although they are really super useful, they are a bonus, and there's no, there's nothing about a Guardian journalist that I can control. You know, so I don't know when they're going to write. I don't know if they're going to write a nice thing. I suspect they probably won't be in the Guardian. You know, uh, they'll probably write some hostile nonsense. You know, so I want to, I want to take away my reliance on those types of people in order to achieve the goals and the and the projects that I want to do. So learning how to build a system that can that can deliver me with growth, you know, uh, month on month, and sustainable, you know, sustainable income as well. Uh, I absolutely, you know, that that became kind of like a priority, uh, you know, uh, outside of obviously we want to do the bank job, but we also wanted to try and implement that. And so that's where we are now with like the new project, which is the power project, um, you know, and we're we're trying to show and share with other people who are similar to us, how we do it, you know, um, and there's a whole method behind it. So it's cool. So yeah, you're hitting on all the right stuff. You're hitting on the stuff that interests me a lot. <laughs> I, I, one thing that I thought was really interesting is the fact that you gave half to the local businesses, right? Because the, the thing that I think people don't always realize Right, and a oh, big example was the ice box, ice box, ice bucket challenge from a few years back. And everyone was like, oh, it's for loose Garrett's disease. Oh, we donate this money, it goes to loose Garrett's disease. But then you look at the small print and it was something like 1% of the money goes to the charity. And that's usually the case with a lot of these things, you know, or they put wording in that um, a nominated amount will go to charity, which mean, could mean anything. A nominated amount. At the end of the day, they could write on, you know, the, their um, reports at the end, oh, we gave two pounds to charity. And that's fine, because it's a nominated amount, yeah, right? Yeah, but yeah, so you gave half. Well, they weren't businesses, uh, but I take your point that, yeah, they were, you know, charities mainly in a school. Um, and for us, that was really important because we were using their faces. Uh, you know, they're on the. What's that noise? Can you hear that? Yeah, I don't oh, know. <laughs> it stopped. Anyway, um, yeah, they, they, like, we were using their faces on the notes, but we didn't want it to be extractive. We want to make sure that those those people were, were celebrated. And it also, it's really a kind of a part of like looking at like how the money system works. And you've got Winston Churchill and Jane Austen and. Uh, you know, Charles Darwin and, you know, Adam Smith on the banknotes, you know, mainly on, on the banknotes that we use. And mm. We wanted to have like local people who were really doing amazing stuff, celebrate them. But it's not enough to celebrate them in a symbolic way, is it? You know, we wanted to cash flow them, you know, help their work. And, you know, because that's really where value is, is most clearly articulated. If you're going to put your money behind something, you know, that's when you can tell what what what's real you know in a way on so many levels um so yeah it was important to us to give 50 percent to those causes um and it was because in a way we were imagining that we were the central bank as well you know if we could print our own banknotes and try and resolve these things on a scale 
you know, who would we support and why? And in fact, what we were really doing was making a political point is that, you know, uh, the central bank actually does create billions, trillions of pounds all the time. And who do they hand it to? It's not to the food banks or not to the real people. It's to the private banks. That's mo and, and that as quantitative easing. So well, we would say, look, let's, let's put it into the hands of real people. This this fictional money that we're creating, let's give it to real people and uh, make a difference. And the, obviously, like we're we're not necessarily pro charity. In you know, it, charity shouldn't have to exist. We should live in an equal society where the structures that are in place deliver um, everyone with enough to live on in a you know in a dignified way you know, and it, we shouldn't have to be doing this as artists, but it felt as if the system was pushing these people into, um, you know, poverty and creating and encoding inequality. And so as artists and as a community and all the people that were behind the bank job were part of that community, we wanted to say like, let's support that. And that's what we would like to do if we were ever on a bigger scale, you know, we would we would like resolve these problems. You know, like when you saw it at the beginning of COVID, it was relatively easy for them to to solve homelessness. You know, like that, just take people off the streets. You know, it's mm. not that hard to solve hunger. It's not that hard to give people like proper jobs and pay them a proper rate. You know, it could all be achieved. You know, so that was it was a, it was like a leap of the imagination, if you like. Yeah, well, I think this current situation has kind of highlighted some of those issues right because the banks did hand out bailouts but those bailouts went to big business and banks right they it didn't go to the small organizations that like you had the large stores like sainsbury's allowed to stay open but the corner store that sold similar products they were told to shut right so there is that imbalance that is there but it doesn't seem to ever get addressed on that larger scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally agree. Um, you know, and the quantitative easing is still going on, you know, and it's sort of like effectively what it does is, is you know, the banks are putting lots of, they're propping up the stock markets, you know, with, with all this free money they're getting from the Bank of England. Uh, and they're also uh, using that money to to help whenever there's toxic debts, whenever people can't pay their, you know, their debts and the, the interbank balancing at the end of the day, where, where, you know, if one bank owes money to the other, if that cannot be paid and the bank would go bankrupt. Yeah, it's some money. <laughs> so it's it's very similar to I mean, it's so similar to just keeping a patient alive on a life support machine. Because if that stimulus was removed, the banks would fall. So there's a stimulus that's being given to the people at the top, but that is not coming down. Uh, and so, and that's really what the bank job is arguing. It's saying, why can there not be a level playing field for all of us? You know, why can you not help people? Why can't you do universal basic income, you know, or parachute money in or whatever and help people? You know, uh, there's no reason why that cannot be done except for the perpetuation of an, an unequal system. Yes. Now, I did think it was interesting. There was the moment in the film where you speak to the gentleman. Um, I think it was maybe in your local market. And like pointing out that there was the um, payday loan 
um, business just down the road. And it was like with 64% APR, which is just insane. It's 600 or something. It was like, a, or a 1,200% or something. It was like ridiculous, yeah. like kind of circular thing. It was ridiculous, yeah. But it's like, um, I think like some of the things he was saying was, I mean, they, they are fact, it is interesting, right? There is that choice sometimes. There's what, I think what you were saying in the film is, is, is definitely correct, but it's not the, the complete picture on it all, is it? Like, I think to fully get people out of debt and out of these situations, there is an education side of it, right? Because I think you don't get taught money handling at school. And I think people, there's people that clearly have no clue how to handle their money, right? We've seen when people, like, I know people in America who were given bailouts, you know, when they all got their checks and everything last year. A lot of people spent that money on nonsense, right? They didn't address the things that they needed. They just bought, like, consoles or TVs or just, you know what I mean? It wasn't of use and people do that with money. So I think a part of the issue is an education of, you know, how to use money, how to sustain yourself and, um, you know, live within a, a means, you know, in which you can survive, you know? Well, I mean, I, I kind of disagree with that, to be honest. Uh, and the reason why I do is because it's, it's that that's a sort of like a perpetual critique of the poor. You know, that's always what gets wheeled out as like, oh, the poor people, you know, they're wasting their money on TVs and holidays and all the rest of it. They just need to learn to live within their means and all the rest of it. I think bank job is a financial education. It's just not the education that's peddled around everywhere else that said, mind your pennies and they'll turn into pounds. and You should cut your cloth according to your kind and all the rest of it. It's just it's just like hypocrisy because the people at the top are not doing that and yet they expect that of the people at the bottom oh yeah but that's the real, not, the that's real not literacy in financial education should be about teaching people where money comes from who's creating it why are they creating it in that way and why is everyone struggling to pay their bills because the lion's share of people who are massively in debt and who are going bankrupt you know, month after month, year after year, have got at least one job, possibly two. They have zero hours contracts. Their rents are soaring. Their food bills are soaring and they cannot make ends meet. And that's why. So it's not about the flat screen TVs and that just gets peddled around. So you just no, 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 really but, careful but, yeah, about where you get those sources from. Yeah, but that's not completely what I'm saying. I just said that as an example. Some yeah, yeah. And I'm just responding. I, I, totally, I really listened to your question. I, I, I let that question just go. And, and I was I was listening to it because I've heard the critique so many times. You know, we, we were on the BBC One show and we had exactly almost verbatim the same observation from, you know, a very middle of the road person saying, this is a waste of money. There should be a financial education part of it. It's like this is a financial education. That's what the whole point of the project is. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's a waste of time. No, no, I know you're I'm not, but that's what the other chap was saying. And it's just that, like, you think, oh, well, financial literacy and financial education is saying to people, don't buy a flat screen TV, use it for something sustainable. But, you know, to me, that is just like, that is where the hypocrisy is. 
that is literally the the location of the of 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 the main teaching of bank job it's about i'm not trying to say people need to go and run around and waste their money of course not that's that's the last thing that we're saying but what we're talking about is the fact that there needs to be an equivalence between the people at the top who are continually renegotiating renegotiating their debts and the people at the bottom who never ever get to do that and who are continually uh vilified as doing exactly that taking their holidays and all the rest of it and it's almost never the reason why people go bankrupt is is not the flat screen tvs and the holidays and all the rest of it it's because of like structural inequalities in the financial system oh yeah no of course right but there you know it is i think you need to know like about your money, about those situations. Because like, I've known people that have taken those, you know, those loans with the ridiculous APRs and they've had the money at the end to pay it off or to at least pay some of it, but they don't. But, and then they get hit with all the interest. And then it's just like, wait, why have I got this interest? And it's like, because you, you didn't pay it off in time. Or you didn't pay some of it off in time. So that's what I mean about like the, you know, just the knowledge around what this means, right? What it means to take this debt and what it means to do this thing. Not necessarily, you know, you shouldn't think about, you know, having a TV or you shouldn't think about going on holiday because that's ridiculous because everyone can do those things, you know, but it's just, understanding where everything goes you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah cool well, yeah i get i get that anyway what's the have you got another another question or i mean i i, I totally agree with you about that but uh, i'm just wondering if you want to like move along to the next thing oh yeah no there's more things to talk about right so the filming seemed a little haphazard was there a plan in place of where you were going or was it literally happening in that kind of, I you know, I say I don't want to say frenzied, but you mean just that that pace of oh, so we're now going on to this thing, and uh, let's go that uh, remember that thing. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit more like you just described because uh, you know, like creating something like Bank Job, there there are no like guide rails in a way. You know, it's like climbing a mountain with no ropes. You don't really know what's coming next. You, you know complications continually arise and you just have to deal with them it's not a obviously it's not a fictional film you know it's real life so we're trying and and it's continually like a difficult thing to do you know like making a documentary so you know you hope that you'll have a cameraman you know that isn't busy that day or whatever or you might have an intern for a period of time that you train to become a cameraman or you know, do you know what i mean there is a haphazardness to the entire process because it is like um so precarious making a film like that um and uh, and there are always twists and turns and you know for the amount of footage that we chose versus how much we've got we've got so much you know um but yeah i mean there's you know like my brother noticed when he watched the film that like my hair is up and down and uh, uh, you know it's like we're going back and forward in time and things you know it's it's it is chaotic you know and and i think that creating anything um like you know fresh does sometimes feel like you're you're in a car kind of like late at night and the wind is up and the rain is lashing down and one headlight is 
on and off and on and off and you've got like a broken windscreen wiper and you're just driving but you've got your your head out the window you know trying to find where the road is you know and that's kind of like the process of making the film because um you know it only became bank job after two or three years in you know it was before that it was like the detonator you know so it's it's a constantly evolving thing and you know the way we make it anyway because it's not an industrial style film where you go okay we've got eight weeks and we know what our plan is and we're this and we're that and you've got a cameraman you've got an editor and there we're not like that it's not all packaged together like that it's literally just like this this thing is like our heart and soul you know it's like our life and we're literally just trying to capture as much of it as we can and hoping you know and sometimes the structures go wrong and sometimes we go on the wrong path and you know and sometimes the cameraman quits and you know hates us or do you know what I mean like all of that so you've just got in there and and that's what often I think separates feature documentaries as well from from more like industrial neighbors or relatives is the fact that they are made like there's over a longer period of time there's often a feel there's more change that happens there's more reality in them uh they're less constructed you know as well um and um you know uh and and i often feel that they have a deeper emotional impact too because of all of those things because they haven't been so kind of formulated but that's just my feeling okay cool now there's two things that i was wondering right so firstly how did you choose the the people that you worked with you know like the food bank the school how would those because i don't we don't really see that right we just see you talking about things and then you go to those places and then it's just like oh yeah we're gonna shoot you wonder if you want to be in a bank though but how did you select those because i'm sure there was loads in the community so how did you choose those and how did you select the debt to destroy at the end well yeah that's good one. okay so point one the people when we first approached when we first came out with the idea of putting people on banknotes um the first person that we approached because i already knew him was gary mm-hmm. you know the from the food bank and he was up for it because he he likes amateur dramatics anyway i think he'd like to be an actor right. he also loves photography so he wasn't a million miles away from the idea of posing um and uh and i had a good bond with him as well because he was uh the director i think of like the like a local sort of uh the children's center and i was at that moment the chief the head of the governors of the local nursery school so i used to have a uniform i could wear uh anyway so so i knew him because i had to deal with him a fair amount because of that so he trusted us the next people that we wanted to do was like we'd heard about Syra, so we approached her. We told her our plan, which sounded like gobbledygook to her. It sounded like, you know, when someone sends you an email saying, you know, I'm your distant cousin in wherever, and I, you know, you've won all this money and all the rest. Of it. So she didn't trust us at all, and she had to check that our bona fides, you know, that we weren't just total scammers. And of course, we didn't know if this would work either. We've got to say so. Do not think of, you know, the final ending where it all works out and it feels like it's all just kind of, in some ways it was sort of, um, you know, uh, inevitable. It definitely did not feel in any way inevitable, but we just took a risk, you know, and um, and so Steve was hard to, to get into it. 
Tracy, the school teacher, was very hard as well because we had quite a political purpose, as you can tell. You know, we've got yeah. a, a strong sense of, you know, uh, what the bank job is about and what we're trying to say. And so Tracy uh, working for a school uh, is under what they call PERDA, which yeah. is, uh, you know, the form of, you know, you, if you're a, a public servant, you cannot express a critique of government, apparently. Mm. So it was much harder to persuade her because the process of standing up and being counted, which is the kind of like becoming a note, like an iconic figure of, uh, of a resistance of some kind, you know, uh, is a, it, you know, it's a big step for people. You're putting your head above the parapet and you don't know what's going to happen. Um, am I about to incur the wrath and hostility of, you know, uh, the right wing tabloids or, you know, what's going to happen? Huge uncertainties. Again, going back to that metaphor of climbing the mountain with no, with no ropes. So, you know, we just had to, I guess, charm them into it, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and stress that we really would give half the money to their, you know, the, their thing and um, hope that would be enough. And, and just, I guess, just really try and um, get them to share it and to understand what we were doing and really to, to see why, why we were doing it. So it does come back to like the why, why are we doing this, you know, which I think is so important. And the idea is, you know, going back to our uh, previous question, it's about financial education, just not on the type that, uh, you know, the Daily Mirror would have us, or not, not Daily Mirror, the Daily Mail would uh, be pushing. Um, any more? Um, yeah, just the, the debt. Oh, yeah, what was yeah. it? Oh, the debt buying. Okay, so the debt buying, like we did it by postcode, which, which we were lucky because there was so much like debt that you can like, it's like in a spreadsheet. So you can put in the type of debt and, and we were able to interrogate it by postcode. So we wanted to try and create everything as local as we possibly could. Mm -hmm. So we were able to work with that debt buyer, Roland, um, you know, and that process was largely invisible in the film of how we managed to do that. And yeah. it was far from perfect. Like the debt buying aspect was horrible. You know, we ended up having to deal with an offshore company, you know, oh, uh, yeah, in, um, you know, in a far flung country, you know, that is impenetrable for us to, to mm. find out much about. And it was all GDPR this and GDPR that, and I can't even touch the letter properly. And do you know what I mean? And it was, yeah. it was incredibly difficult and horror, like really like the worst part because everything else was like community, Lots of you are getting behind, being able to put money into food banks, all the rest of it. And then on the other, on the other hand, you're dealing with some twat, you know, who has an offshore account who will never pay a moment, you know, any tax, mm -hmm. and who is only dealing with you because they're making a load of profit from it, you know, and you know, giving us horrible, horrible toxic debt, you know, which would be written off, you know, within days or months anyway. So yeah. that was largely a symbolic act, you know, um, and we would really love to be able to do a, a more meaningful debt buy in the future. Uh, but I don't know right now if we have the time uh, or inclination because we're doing so much with the new project. But I, I, I am working with someone on a second uh, application to Financial Conduct Authority. And if that's successful, then we will be able to buy up debt directly and therefore, you know, uh, put place much more uh, stringent uh, rules on the you know on how we negotiate because we, it was all a little bit at an arm's length you know uh, because because we were effectively buying through someone else right 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 and so was it like how you said in the film that you know the debt gets sold on and sold on sold on 
so you're dealing with those people or yeah yeah we're dealing with someone who's buying debt you know on on a massive scale Mm. and profiting from chasing people up you know yes uh, and who has you know set up various companies in various tax havens uh, to collect the profits you know and whose idea probably of social conscience is accepting seventeen thousand pounds or twenty thousand pounds for something that's worth nothing oh of course oh, of course yeah <laughs> help us out yeah i mean this is all very fascinating right yeah. it is like yeah i i think it is something that once you've watched the film you want to find out more about because there's so many layers to it all but yeah. how can people do that how can people oh, well actually i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna run a debt buying masterclass in about a month digitally so we're gonna get the debt buyer roland and also the um uh the guy adrian who's helping us with financial conduct authority and we will literally go through all of this stuff and share it with people and also uh, share the process by which we're applying to financial conduct authority. We'll share what went wrong the first time and how we're improving it. And also, uh, you know, uh, yeah, we, we're really into trying to share and making uh, accessible all the stuff that we learn um, because it's, it's stuff that is really hard knowledge to acquire. And uh, so we can shortcut it for a lot of people. And then if they want to do their own debt buying, they can either come to us in the future if we get the Financial Conduct Authority, or at least then they understand what the forms are they need to fill out and where, where they should go and look for it. Okay, that's great. And what about your membership? How do people, how do people get involved with what you're doing then? The membership is like a, it's a closed, what we call a closed membership. So uh, it opens its doors once in a while people join and then they're in, they either pay monthly 12 pounds or annually for 120. They get named in the credits of the next film and the poster and various different things. And then they also get to join our book club and and all the rest of it. But right now it's shut uh, because um, the, the psychological nature of human beings is that if one leaves the door open infinitely, no one ever goes through it. But if you shut the door, uh people start queuing up to go through it (laughs) you know so so one has to open and shut the door uh you know in order to grow it and then but one also has to understand well what is the success path for people who join a membership site what do they want from it and actually there's all sorts of different things people want but what we're offering inside it is episodes of the new film so they get to learn how we're doing like taking the, the street kind of off the grid but they also we're trying to show how we bypass gatekeepers and build, um, you know, momentum and independence. Uh, so, so the way we, you know, we teach that and we share our techniques, you know, within that and uh, in classes. And then also members can go to these uh, digital events that we do for free. So, so we, we try and give really good value. It's not like we don't look at it as some as some sort of artists and filmmakers and, and journalists and stuff look at it as like, oh, I have a Patreon and basically it's just a charity button. Oh, I like these people, I'll support them. We don't look at it like that. We, we look at it as like, we want to support other people in the similar kind of mindset as us to learn the, the stuff that we do uh, so that they can then implement it for their own movements and their own their own social businesses or art practices or whatever. So, so w- what we try to do is to create like massive value in it so that it's attractive to people to join, you know, and they're not just doing it out of a feeling of, I want to help, which of course is great. And there are lots of people who do want to help and they can join it 
two, but you know, it's a mix. Yeah. It's shut yeah. right now. Okay. And All we'll right. reopen soon. Okay. Well, you know, we'll put details to your website and socials and that in the description of the episode so people can um, follow and uh, yeah, keep abreast of what's going on with you, man. But thank you I so really much. Appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate yours as well. And thank you so much. And, um, you know, I hope that I didn't upset you by, uh, you know, coming down on that one particular point. But it's an important point about financial education and literacy. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you did upset me. A lot of financial literacy telling us that, you know, how we should behave with our two pounds fifty, you know, but not very much about how we should behave with our two, two and a half billion pounds. Yeah, no, it was it was just I think what I was saying didn't come out maybe in the right way because I wasn't oh, yeah. actually saying what I think you thought I was saying yeah yeah, yeah. But, no but I get it I totally get it and I've probably just gone off on the wrong foot but anyway it's it, it was a good it was a really nice to meet with you and uh I would keep that part in if I were you because I still think it's good oh yeah no no cuts man it's all, okay. it's all yeah it's all there so um, yeah but thank you man and all success with the next project and I hope yeah when, thanks I hope when bank job comes out people go see it and yeah, absorb this this crazy ass knowledge you're putting out there. Man. Cool. Well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it, and uh, wishing you the best with your podcast. Thank you, man. Thanks, Kevin. Bye. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. 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 Okay, people, so we have come to the end of another episode. But before we bounce, let's take a look and see what's happening in the uh, world of film. Well, people, guess who's back? Kevin Spacey is um, going to have his first starring role since 2018. Yeah, you know, which, listen, there's a redemption for everyone, you know what I mean? Everyone should be able to pay their bills, right? So, eh, fuck it. Yo, so he's gonna be um, starring in uh, L'Humour Che Dizinogo Dio, which is um, translated for all you non Italian speakers, the man who drew God. So this is from director Franco Nero who um, will be directing the piece in Italy. It will be also starring Vanessa Redgrave who's Nero's wife. Right, so uh, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens with that, right? Um, after directing Godzilla v Kong, it looks like Adam Wingard has a, a new piece set up, right? He's going to be directing a um, an image comic skybound uh, adaptation called Hardcore. So it's, um, you know, the comic was created by Robert Kirkman and Mark Silvestri. And um, it sounds like Kirkman has written an outline of the script. And Wingard will be fleshing it out. 
with William Simone. So, uh, Kirkman, David Alpert, Brian First and Sean First are going to be producing it. And, uh, yeah, it's about a soldier's journey as he saves the world without getting his hands dirty. It is a sci-fi feature film, people. Uh Some other news... Right, we are getting another um, Willy Wonka film, but this time it is not a rehash of The Chocolate Factory. This it's how Willy got his Wonka, yeah, it's a prequel, right? It's called Wonka, and um, yeah, it focuses on a young Willy. And his adventures prior to opening the world's most famous chocolate factory. So, uh, yeah. Timothy Chalamont is uh, signed up to be playing Willie. Um, I think there's going to be music in the piece as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. So, Paul King is going to be directing... And Simon Farnaby wrote the script. David Heyman and Luke Kelly are producing. Okay, so a a few things with Netflix. Okay, so, um, yeah. They are doing a a comedy, a, a holiday themed film right um yeah it's called well um hasn't actually got a title yet but it's been directed by janine damon um written by michael damon uh, jeff bonnet and ron oliver okay um and it's going to be starring Lindsay Lohan, right? Um, yeah, so basically, uh, Lohan will play a newly engaged and spoiled Hotel Harris who gets amnesia after a skiing accident. She finds herself in the care of a handsome blue-collar lodge owner and his precocious daughter in the days leading up to Christmas. Mm. Basically overboard in the snow. (laughs) Um, Also at Netflix is a new surfing film. And this is going to be from Nikki Caro. Right? um, She directed Mulan recently. Uh, So it is based on a New York Times magazine article from Daniel Danoon. Right, Becky Johnson wrote the script, and uh, yeah, it's following. Um, well, starring in will be Bianca Velnetti, Andrea Muller, Paige Arms, and Keila Kennelly. Right, so um, four women who, from a powerful bond. As they surf in the world's most dangerous waters and fight for the right to compete in an aggressively male 
bought. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Surf films can be fun, right? Um, and I think one big bit of news that hit this week was Amazon buying MGM, right? But they don't get James Bond. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that is good, right? But, um, you know, MGM were in trouble, so that is good. But, yeah, it does mean that they get The Hobbit, you know what I mean? They get um, Robocop, Pink Panther, Stargate, Candyman, The Creed films, Tomb Raider. You know, they, they, there's a lot of films under the... T- under the uh, famed a lion, so not a bad deal for them. Um, Timothy Chalamon is in another film, right, which is um, coming at us, right, which is actually um, an adaptation of the book Bones and All from Camilla DeAngelis, right, so, um, yeah, it's Luca Gadeginos. He's going to be uh, directing the piece, right? And um, it's written by Dave Kaganich, right? So um, it's going to be starring along with Shalomon, Taylor Russell, and Mark Rylance. So, uh, yeah. It's, we follow a young woman on a cross-country trip as she searches for the father she has never met in an attempt to understand why she has the urge to kill and eat the people that love her. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, yay. That, they're good genes to inherit, aren't they? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. So it's funny, right? We just had Army of Dead and we're getting more zombie action with Evil Dead Rises. So, um, yeah, obviously, people, this is a new Evil Dead film, right? It's coming from New Line Cinema um, and it's said to be um, coming out of the original trilogy. Right, so um, Bruce Campbell won't be in this. The story follows two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival. Boom, boom, boom! So, uh, yeah, Sam Ramy is going to be executive producer along with Bruce Campbell and Robert Tappart. Lee Cronin um, is going to be directing the piece. Yeah, so... Um, no, Lee... Lee Actually, Lee Cronin... Yeah, no, he's directing and he's going to write. Uh-huh. And Alicia Sutherland and Lily Sullivan will be playing the sisters. Dum-dum-dum. Now, this really caught me off guard because didn't know it was going to... It was even 
in the works. But we're going back to the Predator franchise, people. Yeah, that is correct. I know. <laughs> and supposedly it's going to be starting filming very soon. So yeah, that was well kept under the wraps, right? Uh, so this new iteration is from Dan um, Trachenberg, and it is going to be starring Amber Midfunder, right? So um, this new iteration is uh, going to be following a Comanche woman who goes against gender norms and traditions to become a warrior. So I imagine it might kind of follow, um, you know, the Comanche skinwalker legends kind of thing. So you might have her be on a vision quest or something like that, right? Where she encounters a predator and maybe it's like, you know what I mean? Because I think you go on DMT, coyote and all of that business. So it might be, is it real? Is it not kind of thing? I don't know. It could be interesting, right? So we have a couple of acquisitions. Uh, so, um... Paul Van Dahoven has a new film coming called Bernadette and uh, you know it's been picked up by IFC Films yup yup so it's going to be showing at the Cannes Film Festival but um yeah you know it's uh yeah it's, it's a story that follows a young um noviette a nun, basically, in the 17th century Tuscany, who begins an affair with another nun. Right? It's uh, based on Judith C. Brown's book, Immodest Acts. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we'll see uh, what happens. It's starring uh, Virgin Ephra Dafon uh, Patikia. Lambert Wilson, Olivia Rabodun, Clotilde Corey, Herve Pierre, and Charlotte Rampling. So, um, yeah, there is that. And also, right, some other films. So, a film also making its uh, debut at Cannes will be... Um, Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch, right? And Searchlight Pictures have said that the film will now um, premiere for the world on the 12th of October. So this film stars Benicio Del Toro, Tilda Swinton, Francis McDonald, Bill Murray, Timothy Chalamon again? Soris Ronan It's Starpact And um, yeah You know that's kind of crazy right So um, Yeah I don't know it, it says that it's about The stories that form part of the final Issue of an American magazine Working out of an office in France 
in the mid 20th century. Right, so um, yeah, there is that. And also just announced, so um, the 4th of February 2022 will be when Lionsgate drops the um, the new Ronald Emrak film on us, Moonfall. So this stars Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, John Bradley, Michael Penner, Charlie Plummer, Kelly Yu, and Donald Sutherland. Right, so um, yeah, with this one, right, mysterious force knocking um, the moon from its orbit around the Earth and sending hurtling on a collision course. Right, with mere weeks before impact and the world on the brink of annihilation, NASA executives form and former astronaut Joe Fowler is convinced she has the key to saving the world. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. And people, let's end with this. Right, because it's been floating around for ages. But we have got word that Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to be taking up the lion skin robe of Craven the Hunter. Yes, so this will be part of Sony's Spider-Man universe film. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It could work. I, th- I think it kind of rests on the success of Morbius, right? If that's going to be big, if people care about the second Venom film, then um, I think people will be waiting in anticipation for uh, a story about Sergei Kravenov. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't know, could well be interesting, right? So, uh, J.C. Kander is going to be directing the film. Uh, Richard Wenk wrote the script. And Avid Arad uh, Matt Tomlich will be producing it. So, it's supposedly set for the 13th of January 23. So, we will see. But people, that's us. We are done. I hope you um, check out the films. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. And we will see you next week. Alright? Peace.